Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, to kick off another work week, the president of SARM was one of a handful that got to weigh in on a study of fresh water in Canada conducted by the Commons Environment Committee. Meanwhile, the Commons Ag Committee continues to dive into a study on food affordability. We'll also hear from Kevin Hirsch with SaskAgToday.com on a variety of topics from Friday's roundtable as well as an interview he did with a guest speaker at the Crossroads Crop Conference in Calgary on rewarding farmers for sequestering carbon in the soil. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. After the break, we'll kick things off with President of SARM, Ray Orb, and his thoughts on the freshwater study with the Commons Committee on the Environment. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. The House of Commons Standing Committee on the Environment and Sustainable Development is in the middle of a study on fresh water, specifically how to protect it, how to collaborate on all levels of government, and what role does the newly formed Canada Water Agency play in all this. On January 31st, the first committee meeting of the year, there were a handful of people who provided their thoughts on the topic of fresh water, including the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, Ray Orb. SARM has been the voice of rural Saskatchewan and has served its membership of Saskatchewan's rural and municipal governments for over 100 years. Today I express our viewpoints of those we represent, delving into rural perspectives on fresh water in Canada and explaining how the role of the federal government might influence our livelihoods in rural Saskatchewan. Agriculture is the backbone of Saskatchewan's rural economy and it relies heavily on a consistent and reliable supply of fresh water, especially for groundwater and water for irrigation. Crops and livestock require sufficient water to thrive, ensuring food security for not only our country but also for our customers abroad. We need fresh water to sustain the livelihoods of countless families, not just in Saskatchewan, but across Canada. And by working collectively, the federal government will better understand the dynamics and potential harmful impacts on a watershed and groundwater recharge, along with ensuring agriculture access and resiliency to sustainable high-quality water. 
It would also be essential for the agency to leverage other federal government entities such as the Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, the Pest Management Regulatory Agency, Environment and Climate Change Canada to consider all the potential impacts on a larger scale. Orb also shared his concerns with the Canada Water Agency mainly on redundancy since Saskatchewan has its own organization dedicated to water security. We are concerned that we'll have duplication since we already have a Saskatchewan Water Security Agency and a strong entity in the Saskatchewan Ministry of Environment. In essence, water and water quality is a multi-jurisdictional issue and must be dealt with in that manner. Although we are not in favour of this agency, we do anticipate the agency will need transparency with the provinces to achieve strong working relationships with the provinces. We recommend sharing data and knowledge, engaging with agencies, councils and organisations in each province on proposed changes to freshwater to consider impacts to all sectors of each province. Leverage the knowledge of local and regional networks involved in water management in each province and further strengthen their sources and ensure that there is a sense of respect for jurisdiction and constitutional authority in each province. That's SARM President Ray Orb. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next on the program is the continuation of our talk on the House of Commons as we move from the fresh water study to a study on food affordability. We're going to hear a few people on that topic right after these messages. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. The Commons Ag Committee will continue its study of food affordability tomorrow. Their only presenter at this point is Pierre Riel, the Chief Operating Officer for Costco in Canada. He had appeared before the Commons Committee months ago. Last week, a number of people appeared before the committee to give their input. The issue of the federal carbon tax always seems to come up. The federal government was making some mileage last week on a comment made by Canada's food professor that there is no credible link between the carbon tax and food prices at the retail level. The Liberal MPs ignored the rest of the comment made by Sylvain Charlebois when it comes to the carbon tax, which is slated to rise again on April 1st. Here's what Sylvain had to say. When it comes to the carbon tax, we've done some studies at the lab. We can't correlate uh, what's happening with the carbon tax with food prices at retail. However, and I did actually uh, mention this uh, at the Finance Committee, I think it was three months ago, we are concerned about competitiveness because the burden put, financial burden put on farmers, on processing, on retailers, eventually we expect that the industry's competitiveness could be compromised over time compared to what we're seeing in the United States. Very briefly, what I've recommended to, uh, to Finn, to the Department of, uh, to the Committee of Finance is to pause the carbon tax for all companies related to the food industry overall, because we don't know exactly how the carbon tax will impact uh, the industry's competitiveness over time. We just don't know. Later, PEI Liberal MP Heath MacDonald posed a question to Keith Curry, the president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, when it comes to future international trade and carbon pricing. What are we doing as an industry and sectors to prepare for the likes of uh, situations where tariffs are going to be imposed on some of our products? 
And we hear the conversations around uh, do away with carbon pricing, do away with carbon mechanisms altogether in Canada. But I don't believe that's the way the world is going. So I, I want to know for my farmers in my riding to be able to talk to them directly and say, here's what we need to be doing. So I'm, I guess I'm trying to throw it back at you to say, you know, what should we be telling government officials as, as ourselves, uh, the department, uh, you know, moving forward, our trade partners, where are we at? I think what's very frustrating from my perspective is nobody comes and talks to us before they put policies in place. It's not that farmers don't want to do the right thing or, or get to the right place on, on climate discussion, in climate discussions or on carbon pricing, but we're never given the opportunity to have meaningful input or, or, or work with the government of the day to create that right regulatory framework where we accomplish, uh, accomplish the ability to put an effective uh, pricing on carbon without hurting the farmer. Let's not forget the two most important things to, to human beings are, are food and shelter. And food security is going to trump carbon pricing every day. And uh, I hope we just don't leave it too late. That's Keith Curry, the president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Coming up next on the program is Ag Review with Doug Faulkner as he'll give us the latest ag headlines. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integritire dealers, and Migraine Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. To further strengthen Canada's pulse industry, Ottawa has announced up to $11 million for Pulse Canada. This funding is provided through the AgriScience Program Clusters component, an initiative under the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. Through research, the cluster will help address challenges in production, which will result in reduced nitrogen fertilizer consumption across crop rotations, lower greenhouse gas emissions, increased carbon sequestration, lower disease risks, and increased profits for farmers. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has partnered with Prairie's Economic Development Canada and other government departments in support of the green prairie economy. Canada is the largest exporter of pulses in the world, shipping a significant amount of dry peas, lentils, beans and chickpeas to over 120 countries every year, making the pulse industry a key driver of the Canadian economy. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 68% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 27, a decline from the 77% order fulfillment performance seen in Week 26. The decline in system performance reflects a deterioration in performance for each of CN and CPKC. In supplying 60% of cars ordered by shippers in week 27, CN saw performance regress somewhat from the small rebound in performance seen in week 26. CN performance remains below the 90% performance threshold for the fifth consecutive week and below the 80% performance threshold for a third straight week. 
CPKC performance also declined, although to a lesser degree than we saw for CN, with the railway supplying 74% of shipper orders in week 27. CPKC performance remains below the 80% threshold for the third consecutive week. Parish in Heimbecker will construct a third flour mill and expand facilities at its Hamilton, Ontario site. P&H Milling Group and Winnipeg-based grain handler Parish and Heimbecker Limited says the expansion comes in response to ever-growing demands from the baking industry. Along with a third flour mill, which is scheduled to begin construction in March, the company will add two storage silos, which it said would handle feed ingredients like soy meal, distiller's dried grains, and wheat for the mills. The existing P&H Hamilton flour mill opened in 2017, and construction began on a second mill in 2019, which opened in 2020. This doubled its capacity. Indian police blocked roads to halt farmers who are marching to New Delhi to press for the better crop prices promised to them in 2021, when thousands of growers camped out on major highways leading to the country's capital. Some government ministers are expected to meet farm union leaders today to avoid a repeat of the year-long protest, which was aimed at forcing the government to repeal farm laws designed to deregulate vast agricultural markets. The march comes just months before national elections in India, in which Prime Minister Narendra Modi is widely expected to win a third term. India's millions of farmers form an influential voting bloc, and ruling parties try to keep growers on their side. The farmers have come out after a call by union leaders to demand higher support or guaranteed prices for their produce and press the government to meet its promise to double farmers' income. Meanwhile, the United States Department of Agriculture's attaché in New Delhi forecast an increase in India's production of rapeseed mustard for 2023-24. to The attaché projects a harvest of 11.9 million metric tons versus the 11.7 million expected by the department. That's slightly more than the 2022-23 crop, which the New Delhi desk placed at 11.83 million metric tons, compared to the USDA's official number of 11.3 million. The report notes favorable cold weather during the rabi crop season proved to be beneficial to the 2023-24 crop, while harvested area and yields were relatively steady. The New Delhi desk projected the 2023-24 crush at 10.4 million metric tons, while the USDA was 200,000 tons less. Total domestic consumption was pegged at 11.8 million metric tons by the attaché, with the USDA lower at 11.55 million. There was a wide disparity in 2023-24 ending stocks, with the attaché at 850,000 metric tons, compared to the USDA's 574,000. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. 
I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, looking at the forecast for today and into the rest of this week, nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, nothing too bad. Uh, not too terribly cold, although by the end of the week, we're going to be, for the first time in quite some time, below normal. So that's noteworthy, I guess. We also have a bit of snow coming in uh, late tonight through early tomorrow. Could be uh, two to four centimeters of accumulating snow from this uh, next system. And a lot of the reason for that is because it's still warm. There's still plenty of moisture to work with in the air. So this otherwise light system uh, might have come through with with very little impact. Instead, it will produce some accumulating snow for us. It's uh, basically an area of low pressure dropping into our north, a bit of a front trailing in from the south, and just a few little areas of showers or snow showers, that is, along that front. For today, the cloudiness starts to mix in. We have quite a bit of sunshine for much of the day, but we'll average partly sunny by mid-afternoon. The uh, temperature at minus three. Light wind through the day. It picks up just a little bit tonight. Gets oriented into the southeast, 10, 15 kilometers per hour. Minus 8 is our low. Those flurries developing through the uh, later evening and then especially into the overnight hours. Light snow and flurries through early afternoon tomorrow. Two to four centimeters between what happens tonight and early tomorrow. So a total accumulation there. The wind turns around, pivots into the northwest behind that front. It does pick up a bit, though, for the afternoon, a high around minus 4. And we cool off a bit behind the front. It's mostly sunny by Wednesday, minus 7. The cooler air in place for the end of the week, minus 10, with a little more cloudiness on Thursday, and partly sunny Friday with a high minus 11. Thank you very much, Phil. The normal highs for this time of year, minus 7 degrees. Normal lows, minus 19. The sun rose in Regina at around 8.16 this morning, and the sun will set at 6.11 later today. Taking a look around the province in Assiniboia, minus 6 degrees, Estevan, minus 7, Mooseman, minus 5, Saskatoon and Weyburn, minus 8, Swift Current, minus 1, Yorkton and Melville, minus 4. The warm spot in the province is in Maple Creek at 1.4 degrees, and the cold spot is in Kindersley at minus 12.7. In Regina, it's a sunny sky, south wind only at 5 kilometers an hour, humidity at 74%, Temperature minus 6 degrees or 21 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.9 and rising. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy. East-southeast wind at 4. The temperature is at minus 5. Again in Regina, sunshine. South wind at 5. Temperature minus 6 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Louis Dreyfus Company announced last week that they would be building a pea production processing plant in Yorkton. That was the first topic of discussion on Friday's SaskAgToday.com roundtable with Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch. Uh, great news, so when you hear of uh, more secondary processing, takes uh, the load off uh, the railway shipping out uh, raw product, uh, creates jobs, creates economic activity. Surprising though, you know, a $500 million facility, uh, that's a huge investment. 
60 full-time jobs. That's uh, very good. But I never did hear a number on what they say the proposed capacity of this plant is, how many uh, tons or hundreds of thousands of tons this uh, pea protein facility will need from producers. And that, I'd, I'll be interested to know when that, that number comes out, be able to compare it with the, the big Roquette plant in Portage La Prairie that was set up a few years ago, just to try to get a, a magnitude of how much demand this is going to create. He also delved into the news that Saskatchewan broke a new record for agri-food exports in 2023. I think it's it's great news, but I would expect that we may take a step back because we're still a major exporter of raw commodities. And if you look at what prices have done for a lot of the commodities over the past year, it's down dramatically. And and of course, um, much of our agriculture is driven by the crop side rather than livestock side. Cattle prices are good, but the crops really uh, dictate what our our export uh, potential is. And volumes may actually increase, but the price has dropped so significantly that, you know, a year year from now when these stats come out, uh, there may be some retrenchments in in our exports because of drop commodity prices. Hirsch was disappointed to see the price of canola fall again last week. Well, it's it's really interesting that canola typically is one of our most profitable crops or has been many years out of the past uh, decade. But uh, Rayland Commodities is, is one of the organizations. Well, I, I do a fair bit of business uh, through through Rayland, so they allowed me to see their most recent spreadsheet on a profitability analysis of of twenty Saskatchewan crops. And canola is really, I think it was like twelfth or thirteenth on the on the list, just barely profitable, giving a, a an assumption of a new crop price of only thirteen dollars a bushel. And I think they were using you know a, a typical yield, not. The the highest yield, but a typical yield of around 45 bushels an acre on canola, and it, it's not a shining star anymore. And that's a huge, major commodity for for Saskatchewan, and you know, really our biggest acreage-wise, biggest money earner. So that uh, that's pretty pretty stark when you you see that sort of a comparison. On the upside, in lentil growing areas, lentils are are the 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 most profitable crop when in the Ray Glenn analysis. At the very bottom of the list are, are crops like uh, flax and soybeans and faba beans. He also weighed in on the news that dicamba can no longer be used on U.S. crops like soybeans and cotton following a court ruling last week. The company did issue a, a release saying uh, what's happening in the U.S. does not have any bearing on Canada. Uh, dicamba, and people will remember it from 40 years ago, it was Banville as a, a trade name, but dicamba comes in a number of different formulations now. But with it being used on uh, uh, herbicide-resistant soybeans in the States, they've run into tremendous problems with spray drift because it's rather volatile and damaging a bunch of crops. And and maybe they'll get this turned around in, this, in the U.S., but right now it, it looks like uh, things could be curtailed down there dramatically for dicamba. That does not appear, according to the, the company, Company news release to be the the case here in Canada. Business as usual here in in Canada, including on the uh, the, the soybeans where dicamba are, are resistant. And Hirsch then commented on the crazy temperature swings Saskatchewan experienced in January. Yeah, on on average, January didn't look bad. It was just, uh, but averages can be pretty deceiving from record uh, cold to record warm. Pretty amazing month. But the the big thing is, can we get some significant precipitation going forward as uh, as spring rapidly approaches?
Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com. We'll hear a bit more from Hirsch right after the break here. SaskAg Today will return right after these messages. You're tuned in to SaskAg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com For many years, farmers and farm organizations have lobbied for a system that would reward producers for the sequestration of carbon in the soil. Dr. Lenore Newman from the University of the Fraser Valley believes that time is coming as methods are developed for easily and accurately measuring carbon sequestration. Kevin Hirsch from saskagtoday.com spoke to Lenore Newman following her presentation at the recent Crossroads Crop Conference in Calgary. Prairie farmers are already sequestering a lot of carbon in their practice already. We just can't measure it right yet. So it doesn't show up on the carbon books uh, the way, say, growing trees does. But even there, there's a lot of challenge. And so once we're able to accurately measure how much carbon is going into the soil, we can fine-tune that, we can subsidize techniques that are putting more carbon in the soil, and more importantly, we can start paying farmers for being one of the only industries on earth that can actually be carbon positive where it's putting carbon back in the ground. So are we making progress in being able to accurately measure? We're getting closer, but it is a really hard challenge. Now, of course, we can measure carbon in the ground, but you got to dig a hole, and that's not practical. And so we're looking at drone applications, satellite applications, using computer com, computer models to estimate. Um, there's a lot of companies trying to crack this holy grail of measurement and verification. Hopefully, we'll get there very soon in the next few years. But uh, it's a breakthrough technology, and until it's there, even if we want a carbon market, it doesn't make much sense until you can actually put a number on what's happening. But producers will also have to fight for their share of, of this. There'll, there'll be others that want to monetize it. Yes, exactly. And what we'll see is um, people will be fighting over that new commodity, the carbon coin, which will probably be traded on like any commodity on a commodities exchange and will have a fluctuating value. But certainly grocers are going to try and grab a piece and processors and shippers. Everyone's going to be trying to grab a little piece of that carbon coin, but at the end of the day, the person making those coins is the producer. So they have to lobby hard to take the biggest slice. Do you think it will be a significant amount of monetary reward if we measure and verify properly? I think for Canada, yes, because we're one of the only countries with significant large-scale production in terms of acreage and the potential to grow that a little bit. I think we're a real winner. And what we'll see is we'll see big cities, big industries paying for those coins, competing. The value will go up if there's more competition. I think there is a real big win, especially for anyone doing field crops. 
Lenore Newman is the director of the Food and Agriculture Institute at the University of the Fraser Valley. She researches agricultural land use policy, ag technologies, and bioengineering in the food system. Coming up on SaskAg today is the market update. We'll have a look at how grain prices at Viterra are doing in early trading today. We'll be back right after this. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is up $6 to 556.82 and number 1 red spring wheat is down $1.40 at 30922. The rest were unchanged. Durham 415.64, feed barley 227.58, chickpeas 1168.44. Flax 60604, lentils 75650, oats 29532, yellow peas 41961, and feed wheat 23846. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down one and three quarter cents at six dollars and eighty-two and a half cents a bushel. Coming up is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market reported Spread Jensen reporting from Swift Current Yards. Last week on offer, we had 600 head, and here's how it went. The good cows on Tuesday traded from 135 to 148. Sales up to $1.56. Medium cows were a dollar to a dollar twenty. Few bulls in the ring here on Tuesday, bringing a dollar thirty up to one forty-five. And the heiferettes were one eighty to two and a quarter. On Thursday's bread sale, the good dispersal bread cows brought thirty-five hundred to thirty-nine hundred. Other cows bringing twenty-eight hundred up to thirty-five hundred dollars. Some getting up into thirty-six, thirty-seven hundred dollars. Good bread heifers are bringing thirty-two to thirty-eight hundred dollars. Sales up to four thousand. This week our regular all-class sale tomorrow at nine a.m. All classes sell. We're expecting five to six hundred head on offer. And then this Thursday, February the fifteenth, we're going to have a pre-sort internet sale with right around a thousand head of feeder cattle. That sale will be broadcasted live on DLMS. For further information, or if you got cattle to sell, give us a call seven seven three three one seven four. Kind of the source for quality, Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. The latest pork prices are at $180.16 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. With prices soaring and budgets stretched, consumers are turning to so-called imperfect food, save on produce. Anna Stajink launched Eat Impact in 2022 to reduce food waste and provide doorstep delivery of cheap fruits and vegetables, which fall short of the retail sector's strict aesthetic standards but are more than just edible. Drawing on 15 local farms and distributors, the business serves up tentacled carrots and slightly bruised apples to thousands of households in southern Ontario for $20 a box and hopes to double its business this year. Given the savings, waste awareness, and a bent toward regional organic goods, it's no surprise that many subscribers skew younger. On the markets, the TSX is up 115 points at 21,125. 
The Dow is up 190 points to 38,861. Oil is down four cents at $76.80 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.40 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Monday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.